welcome to the Slow the Fuck Down Show. I'm sensuality coach Casey Hall. And I'm trauma healer Elizabeth Menzel. Each episode we choose a theme and explore different stories, skills, and songs on that theme to help slow you down and lift you up throughout the pandemic and beyond. On today's episode, Slow the Fuck Down with Toxic Love. Get cozy, grab your favorite beverage, and soak in our soothing support. By the end of this episode, you'll walk away with practical skills that actually work. Hi, Casey. Hi, Elizabeth. I've been in some pretty amazing relationships. Yeah, me too. And I've been in some pretty toxic relationships. So have I. And I've been in some abusive relationships. So have I. So slow down, fam. If you're in a relationship and the tension keeps building and building and building between you and your partner, and then there's some incident, like there's a big fight, like a big blowout fight where you're really yelling and screaming at each other. Or if one of you smacks the other, and then there's a reconciliation, and then everything's calm for a while, but then the tension starts to build again. And then there's some explosion, and then you make up, and it's calm again. Oh, but now the tension is building, and there's another explosion. You might be in an abusive relationship. What I just described is the cycle of abuse. So please, Casey and I urge you to get professional help and support. You can go to www.thehotline.org or 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 800-799-7233. And they will immediately get you professional help. You do not have to go it alone in that kind of cycle of abuse. You deserve to get real help to help you through it. Thank you for differentiating between abuse and toxic love. Because today's episode, we're talking about toxic love. And toxic love happens when two hurt people who don't know how to communicate well end up doing some stupid shit and hurting each other. Yeah, I mean, if you've ever been flat broke, but you've paid for every single date that you've ever been on with this person, maybe you've experienced toxic love. Yeah, if you've ever spent a fortune on plane tickets to a remote island with that sinking feeling that your boyfriend isn't going to meet you there as planned, you may have experienced toxic love. And if you've driven across the country, wrenched into the backseat of a car with no room to put your feet down and not said, One word to your boyfriend the whole trip. You may have experienced toxic love. If you've ever driven down the highway at 90 miles per hour at 2 o'clock in the morning in a car next to your boyfriend screaming at each other outside the window, you may have experienced toxic love. And if you've ever moved to another country and been held captive on a pig farm, you may have experienced (laughs) toxic love. (laughs) So Elizabeth and I can laugh about this topic because we've spent years building our awareness around how we show up in relationships, how we want to be treated in relationships, and have done a lot of healing around this topic. Yeah, we have. But I often think to myself, why did I ever put up with this shit in the first place? I know I did because I didn't realize I was in a toxic relationship. Yeah, me neither. I had no idea. It was what I knew as love. I'm going to paraphrase this great saying. I think it was by Dr. John Parakis that we accept what we know as love. So if what you know as love is being yelled at all the time, you might repeat that. If what you know as love is being left alone a lot, like I was, 
that's what I kept repeating in relationships where I just had all these long distance relationships or guy was would just ghost on me all the time. And I was just thought that's what love was. So I didn't realize that I too was relating in a toxic, unhealthy way. And when you're doing that, it's really hard to know when to stay and when to go. Sometimes it's really cut and dry, right? Sometimes it's like, I got hit, I'm out. That's a healthy boundary. And then other times the relationship wasn't toxic. It was just something that you needed to work on that came up, it freaked you out, you didn't know how to handle it and you blamed it on the other person and then bounced. Yeah, there were times where I definitely stayed in toxic relationships way too long. And there were other times where I ghosted way too early because I didn't even know how to work through my shit. So I think one of the reasons that dealing with our shit is so hard is because it's subconscious. We all have this emotional wounding that we picked up along the way as children or when we were younger and we carry into adulthood often without even knowing it because it literally hangs out in the subconscious parts of our mind. For example, I had this relationship that it literally was something off of a movie. I like went out to the bar and I looked across the room and I made eye contact with this guy and we saw each other and it was just like, you, you. And we <laughs> walked straight towards each other. And then for like three hours, it was just us having this uninterrupted conversation. It was like nothing else was around us. It was this purely magnetic attraction. It was amazing. That magnetism lasted for a couple months and it felt great. But then eventually the falling in love chemicals that get produced in the brain started to dissipate. And we started to see that we were two imperfect people together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that is like the, one of the most common things that happens between two people is you get that initial attraction, but then it's like, oh, this other person is actually a real person <laughs> and they have uh, faults just like I do. And they have really irritating things just like I do. And maybe our values aren't the same. <laughs> and in this particular relationship, those subconscious parts of the brain that hold on to this emotional wounding came up in some really intense ways. Uh, we were not aware of them at the time. So now having all of my experience in love, sex, relationship coaching and reflectively looking back on it, I can see that his emotional wounding stemmed from having a mother that was very smothering and didn't give him enough space. And my emotion, emotional wounding came from this sense of abandonment that I had that I was always afraid people were going to leave. So you can imagine that when those two danced together, I either felt abandoned like he was leaving, which would make him feel more smothered, and we would go back and forth and back and forth. But because we didn't have the awareness that that's what was going on, how that played out was just this fiery relationship where we were either madly attracted to each other or we were constantly fighting and hurting one another emotionally because we didn't understand what was going on. And so a reason that that relationship ended up becoming so toxic is because we were wound mates. We both had two deep wounds that we had been carrying around for a long time that happened to be perfect matches for each other in the worst way. And it doesn't make either one of us right or wrong, but 
that dynamic and those underlying emotional wounds were what caused the relationship to play out the way that it did. Yeah. And I think those of us who are attracted to self-awareness work and personal growth work, we're really into making the unconscious conscious so we can get out of these painful relationship patterns and not get stuck in toxic relationships. And that's why it's so important to know what are my needs? What are my values? What am I willing to give? What do I want to receive? You know, that's something in my trauma healing work with people that I help each of my clients get really clear on. What do they even need and want out of relationship in the first place? And what are they willing to give to the other person? And, you know, something that trauma does to us is it blocks us from being able to receive the goodness. It blocks us from being able to receive the love that we want because we're so protecting ourselves from any bad stuff getting in. So that we can get caught in these relationships where there's like a lot of hot and cold and push and pull of trying to get your needs met, but you don't even know what they are in the first place. And there's just all of this negative reinforcement of yourself and the other, and you just stay really caught in this toxic love cycle. And when you have trauma, you can think a lot of painful thoughts. Like if someone's not being loving to you, you can think, well, this is what I deserve, you know, because low self-esteem is so common when trauma is present. I was in a relationship for years where the guy was telling me that he was faithful and he was totally seeing other people the whole time and just wasn't being honest with me. And you know, I kept this level of denial happening. I was I was in this place of like, oh no, he's so great. I'm sure he's telling me the truth. He just said he was gonna show up last night and didn't because he wasn't feeling well, right? So I was like making up all of these excuses for his shitty behavior. Yeah, I think a lot of Slow Down fans can relate to really, really wanting the person you're dating with to have the best of qualities and going above and beyond to try to make yourself believe that even when it's not the case. Absolutely. And I think a part of that is really beautiful, right? I mean, I want someone to believe in my goodness and I want to believe in their goodness. And I want someone to give me the benefit of the doubt and I want to give someone else the benefit of the doubt, right? So there's a part of that that is healthy. It turns toxic when there's no reciprocation, when you are giving more love than the other person is giving, and it's not about your lack of ability to receive, <laughs> it is, yeah, they're just not giving you love. They're not giving you good, healthy love. A good relationship is characterized by the five A's, attention, affection, appreciation, acceptance, and allowing. So if you feel these five important factors are alive and happening in your relationship, it's probably a pretty good relationship worth staying in and working on. But if you're like, uh-oh, <laughs> none of those things are there for me. I'm not getting any of those things. Or I'm, I'm just getting a little bit of one. <laughs> like, I'm getting some affection. 
But the other stuff isn't there because he or she is criticizing you a lot and barely present, does not bring attention to all of the great things about you and is always trying to control you instead of letting you be you, there's a good chance you're in a toxic relationship. I really appreciate the five A's because when I was in a toxic relationship, I didn't know I was in a toxic relationship and many people don't. And so having something like the five A's, it's a nice checklist to at least give you something to go off of. Yeah, it would have helped me a lot to have that checklist because I didn't know. I just thought this is how relationship is, right? We expect what we know is love and we accept what we know is love. So I was bullied a lot growing up. I was bullied by three different people in my family regularly. So even though I didn't want that, of course I didn't want that in my adult romantic relationships, But when it happened, there was a part of me that was like, well, this is what relationships like. So I guess I just have to put up with it because this is how it is. And so when things weren't going well in my relationships, I often felt a lot of guilt, actually, because I was taking too much responsibility for the relationship. And I kept trying to fix myself and make myself better because I believed that if I I was better if I was the perfect partner. If I could just be more loving, then he'd stop abusing me. I was taking on way too much responsibility because I just kept believing if I would try just that little bit harder, I could make him love me and treat me right. It's really easy to think that you can save or you can change or you can love somebody enough to help them heal what they need to heal And that's not the case. Oftentimes, the reason that they're acting the way they do has nothing to do with you. Right. And that dynamic you just described is that I can fix him. (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Or I can fix her or them. Yeah, definitely. I was caught in that too, for sure. It was all part of what I call victim consciousness. I'm sure some of you can relate because those of us who have trauma have in real life been victimized. We have had a perpetrator do something really painful to us. And then we can end up staying trapped in that consciousness. There's something called the Karpman Triangle that you get trapped relating either as a victim or as the prosecutor or the bully or the villain or as the rescuer or the hero. And I definitely bounced between those three things, mostly staying in the victim. place and relating to other people, either hoping they would save me or being the object of their abuse. And I felt trapped. I felt trapped in that place of the victim. When we go through our healing process and really come to our wholeness and get ourselves out of relating in a toxic way, so then you can shift from that victim to a creator or thriver. And from the persecutor to a challenger, someone who healthily challenges yourself or others into their power. And from a rescuer to a coach or a mentor, a supportive person. I loved the shift between those two dynamics of when you're in a toxic relationship and after you've healed, what that can turn into. Yeah, because then you're not trapped in it anymore. You know, you and I are in a really healthy relationship. 
where we mentor each other, we challenge each other in a, in a happy, fun and healthy way to grow. And we're really conscious creators, right? We live from this place of being connected to our power and our worth and our love and creating our life from that place instead of creating our life and our relationships from the wounded, hurt, traumatized part of ourselves. And as someone who's had a very long journey recovering from post-traumatic stress disorder, I know that journey inside and out. I know the difference between feeling like a victim and feeling like a creator. In fact, I just said to Casey before we started recording that I've had this super challenging week where my hot water heater exploded and flooded my basement, which put out my pilot light and we didn't have heat for two days. And then when the whole water thing in the basement happened, I got exposed to mold and I was completely sick for a day and my computer took a shit <laughs> and then I got it fixed and then I got water in the computer. And just for entertainment purposes, could you please share how your computer shit the bed? <laughs> The second time, my computer was in my lap, and I put a fork into a chicken dumpling in my bowl, and the chicken dumpling squirted out broth many inches over to my computer, and it went inside my keyboard. Oh my, it was just, it was one of those weeks where you kept texting me, and you're like, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then you're like, mother i put my fork into a chicken dumpling and it squirted like it, it was just like the most freak random way to get water in your keyboard that i could possibly imagine it was just this domino effect of thing after thing after thing going wrong in my life and the old me definitely would have fallen into everything's against me. Of course, everything's going wrong. That's just how my life is. I mean, that is how I used to think and feel. And now I was just like, okay, this is really irritating. It's pissing me off. I'm not happy about it. But every time I think about it, I also laugh because it was just this freaking cavalcade of one thing after another happening. It was so ridiculous. Well, I'm glad that you're able to, to find some some humor in all that too. And then again, you know, stop yourself before you kind of fell, fell back into old mindsets that can be toxic and, and don't serve you. I've trained myself to have so much gratitude that I'm like, hey, at least I don't have COVID. Hey, at least I didn't get pneumonia hey, I've got a roof over my head. I've got groceries in the fridge. And I will say that every day, Dale and I, that's my partner, express to each other things that we're grateful for. So Dan fans, I think we're going to just keep mentioning gratitude on our episodes because it is such an active part in Casey and mine's life. And it's so helpful. I think it's great how you were able to realize and witness, oh, wow, this is a total shit week that I'm having and be with that and recognize like, yeah, this is super annoying. And there's these really annoying, negative, natural emotions that are coming up with this, but I'm not going to fall into a victim mentality. You need to recognize what the difference is between those two. And that's something that is really hard to do, if not impossible, until you've actually been in both. To shift out of that Cartman triangle, out of that feeling like a victim all the time and looking at what's good here, what's positive here. In healthy relationship, we are looking for the good in our partner, but we're not in denial of the bad.
we can't get into toxic relationships unless there's some level of toxicity going on within ourselves. So the way I used to relate to myself was to constantly tell myself how shitty I was. And, you know, that I just had such a thick layer of self-hatred that was covering my eyes. And I saw everything about myself through this layer of self-hatred while I was simultaneously trying to be in a loving, present, peaceful person. So there was such this war going on inside of me, you know, and I, I often think like war inside, war outside. We teach others how to treat us by how we treat ourselves. So the way you treat yourself is often revealed in your relationship because knowing it or not, you're teaching the other person how you expect to be treated and how you accept you'll be treated. So back in the days when I was in toxic relationships, the guys were treating me how I was treating myself in my own mind. That's really powerful. And that's this level of self-awareness that you don't come to overnight. It takes practice. It takes the desire to have self-healing and self-work. And it takes coaching. You know, Elizabeth and I didn't get to this point of self-awareness by just like reading a book, having relationship coaching, having relationship therapy, and really giving yourself the opportunity to explore these things on such a deep level and these even little subtle layers that really, really play into how you show up and how you treat and talk to you about yourself, but also how you show up and treat others and expect to be treated in relationships. And having a supportive group of friends and family is important, but don't just rely on them. You need a qualified, educated coach or therapist. Yeah, because those family members or friends could also be in toxic relationships or not know really how to help you in the best way because we've all got our own stuff, right? I mean, listen, I had already had years of training when I got into my worst and most abusive relationship. Even at the level of awareness I was at, that still happened. Although I have to say a couple of my friends did warn me about that guy. <laughs> I think we've all done that before. No, no, no. He's different around me. Oh, she's different around me. Oh, they act different. No, no, no. You don't know them. Well, and that's good to know too, because if someone is acting super different when you're alone than when you're around other people, that can be another sign of toxic or even abusive relationships is when the way someone acts is totally different when you're alone than when you're in front of someone else. One of the things that someone in that persecutor role will do is act really loving about you in front of your friends and family. And then when you're alone, they'll be really cruel with their words. That's a toxic relationship that can lead to abuse. A lot of times it's hard to recognize these things. If you're only in a relationship with somebody for a week or a couple months, it's been frequently observed in domestic violence cases that once a perpetrator feels like they have you, the shift that is is typically around that two-year mark, that's when the abusive tendencies or actions start. Yeah, often the abuse starts after they're positive that they have you, that you won't leave them. So a lot of times the abuser will wait until you move in or until you're married, and then their treatment of you changes drastically. And then if you're in that position, in that victim position, it's really easy to feel trapped and to stay trapped, coming up with all kinds of excuses for their behavior. 
the things we were talking about before. And because the more time you invest in a relationship, the harder it is to let go. So if you've invested a lot of time, effort, energy, love, money into a relationship, it's more likely that you'll stay even after it becomes unhealthy. And another reason people don't leave toxic relationships is because they're afraid of being alone. Yeah, that's a very real fear. We actually did an entire episode on slow the F down with loneliness if that is something that you are dealing with right now. Yeah, definitely go listen to that episode. It's a stellar episode. And I know that saying, you know, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't, but there doesn't have to be a devil. <laughs> you can get out of toxic relationships and surround yourself with people who are loving, kind, and treat you with respect. Yeah, another reason people stay is shame and societal expectations. Shame in the way of like, man, I just invested two years of my life into this person, and now they completely changed. I'm in this toxic relationship, and I just, I'm embarrassed. Why can't I get it right? There's the shame that comes with it. And the societal expectation of like, well, everyone else around me can somehow make this work. Why can't I do this? I should just find a way to be able to make this work because everyone else is. I definitely felt a lot of shame when I was in an abusive marriage because I'm a healer. I was getting therapy. I should know better. And there was definitely societal expectations because I was married. <laughs> Right? Like I had made a vow to stay with this person and to make it work. And I took that vow very seriously. And so that's something we know can be really tricky about when is it working through your issues and you need to do more work on the relationship, more conscious awareness work within yourself and get better at relating? Or when is it time to cut and run? You know, so being able to differentiate, of course, we're going to get angry at our partners as perfect as Dale is. And as much as I love him, I get angry, <laughs> but I've learned how to express myself using NVC, nonviolent communication in ways that I can build love, build communication, treat each other with respect. And that requires you to really be able to slow down. You know, because when we get triggered, stuff flies really fast out of our mouths that we wish we hadn't said. So slowing down, being able to look inside at how you treat yourself, how you treat the other person. You can't do that going real fast. You have got to be able to put on the brakes and slow down to get more aware of if you're relating in a healthy way inside of you and with the other person. We're going to get into our slowdown skills right after a commercial break and word from our sponsor. Hey, slowdown fans, if you're ready to release the toxicity that has built up in your system from years of toxic relationships, then be sure to come to our nonlinear movement method classes the second and third Saturday of every month. You can just go to the happywomanacademy.com slash NLMM class and get in on these fantastic, somatic, safe trauma release classes. This is how I got rid of a lifetime of chronic pain and tension and raised my libido. So get yourself into the nonlinear movement method classes, thehappywomanacademy.com slash NLMM class. Hey, Soda fans, it's me, Mother Nature. 
When you pollute my waters, poison my land, and take more than you give, I feel like we're in a toxic relationship. And since I can't break up with you without killing all of you, my request is that you take responsibility for your actions and come into right relationship with me so that we can coexist in harmony. Or else, this relationship is over. And now for our slowdown skills. Since we teach others how to treat us by how we treat ourselves, this skill is about treating yourself how you want to be treated. So this is what I would love for you to do for yourself. Find three ways you like to be treated. For example, I like to be treated with respect. And then spend the next month treating yourself that way. So a way that you could treat yourself with respect is to speak really kindly to yourself or to eat foods that you know your body likes and that feel nourishing to you. You could treat yourself with respect by giving yourself enough downtime and not scrolling on Facebook like I have taken the last two weeks off of scrolling on Facebook. <laughs> or maybe a way you like to be treated is with kindness. How could you be more kind to yourself? Could you be more kind by not yelling at yourself after making a mistake, but saying something to yourself like, it's okay, you'll do better next time. So come up with three ways that you like to be treated and treat yourself that way. And the way you treat yourself could be with the way you think, the way you speak, and the actions you take over the next month and let us know how it goes. So our second slowdown skill is to ask five people in your life that you feel very close to, or that you know who has your best interest, who love you, to send you three words that describe the best qualities that they see in you or three things that they love about you. So they collect all of those responses and you write down, I am blank. And you fill in the I am statement with each response that you receive. And then you, re then you read that before you go to bed at night and when you get up in the morning. It's really a great exercise too. And it's a it's a solid reminder of how the people in your life who do treat you well, who you do have healthy relationships with, how they feel about you. And it reminds you of what's possible so that you can carry that into your relationship. That's so beautiful. And we know how hard it can be to deal with relationships. Boy, do we know. And we are here to help you. So go ahead and set up a free consultation with each of us at slowthefdownshow.com. And now for our slowdown playlist. Elizabeth, what's your slowdown song? Uh, my slowdown song is Come a Little Closer by Dirks Bentley. Now, I don't want y'all to front. I was not into modern country until I got with my Texan boyfriend and he introduced me to Dirks Bentley. That man can write a song. He is fan-freaking-tastic. Oh, his, his voice. You got to go to our Slow the F Down show page and click on that and you're going to hear a damn fine song. <laughs> yes, indeed. Casey, what's your slowdown song this week? My slowdown song is uh, Addicted by Kelly Clarkson. And I think this was like one of two CDs that I had in my car. I remember just like playing over and over and over again. <laughs> but the song itself, when you hear it, brings up feelings of what it actually feels like to be in a toxic relationship where you feel like you're just, you know, addicted and can't get out. But the song was actually written 
about being addicted to substances. And it's really wild because there's so many similarities and crossovers between the two, but it's definitely one of my favorite toxic love songs. And our slowdown fan, Lauren Abdash, has submitted her slowdown song. It's Second Wind by Kaja Bonet. Yeah, and this song is definitely slow and it builds. She has a beautiful voice and we love this song. Thanks for submitting it, Lauren Abdash. We love you too. We love you. Casey, what was your favorite part of today's show? I really appreciated how you brought in the five A's that characterize a, a good relationship to have as a comparison for listeners who might be out there going, gosh, I'm really not sure. Yeah, it's really helpful to have something to compare and contrast. <laughs> Elizabeth, what was your favorite part? I think my favorite part of today's show was realizing that I no longer live within the confines of the Cartman drama triangle. Woof! Amen! Amen. Yeah, I wish I had learned about that when I was young and that I could have broken out of that trap sooner. And I have um, so much empathy to anyone who finds themselves caught in that place. I just want you to know that you can get out. It's going to take some time and some help, but you really can get out. You don't have to stay in toxic relationships. You don't have to live your life from that place. There is true, real healing and empowerment here for you. And we'll help you get there. On our next episode, slow the fuck down with intimacy. Thank you for listening and enjoy your slowdown. If you love our show, please take one minute right now and leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to our podcast. You have no idea how much this helps us. Thank you so much. And remember, Elizabeth and I offer one-on-one -on -one sessions. Go to slowthefdownshow.com to schedule your free consultation.